early on the first day of the week. While it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. And then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. And when she said this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabuni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father, but I go to my brothers. But, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Holy Lord, may the words of my mouth 
and the meditations of all of our hearts be receptive to thee. O God, our strength and our Redeemer, we pray. Amen. As folks who know me, you may know that I'm not much of a morning person. And because of that, I guess, I'm more of a sunset person than I am a sunrise person. But every once in a while, I find myself awake at sunrise. And once in a while, I'm actually outside and vaguely alert. And each time that happens and I experience the sunrise, I find myself thinking, why don't I do this more often? Why don't I become a sunrise person? I really ought to work on that. I think it's the quiet surprise of sunrise. Not a big bang. It feels like it sort of sneaks its way in from the corner, don't you think? Peaking with light coming in before the sun does. The world changes, it opens up, it transforms, it becomes in this light. And so as stealthy as it is, this light brings in something genuinely new and it makes the day possible. It is a creative light. Now, some of the most powerful experiences of our lives come that way too, don't you think? Some life-changing experiences come in hot. They come in big, dramatic, calling attention to themselves. I won't deny that. But sometimes, sometimes the most important things come more like sunrise. They're hidden but they're prepared for. Then they come in quietly, even whispered. Like the conception of new life in the womb. Like a life-changing commitment that shapes your future. Like a realization that you've actually changed your mind after quiet consideration like the kind of freedom that only comes in time when physical chains have been removed but the emotional or the spiritual chains have remained inside and those inner chains finally fall away and you know the deeper freedom that God has meant for you all along. Oh, for sure. Less life-giving things come that way too, like illness slowly developing, like seeds of decline when vision is buried and greed takes over, or when words are distorted and used to manipulate rather than to inform, or when any one of us slowly forgets what gives us peace and lets desperation take our hearts instead. But let me say this about those times. In those times, goodness 
can still be sown. Love can still do its work. And the light of hope can still rise, whispered, perhaps. But oh, so real. And that is the story we tell today. Now, there's a kind of irony in the flowers and the bells and the trumpets and the shouts and all of the hallelujah choruses with which the church adorns this day. There's an irony there because the story of Easter describes something much quieter, something whispered. The sunrise of new creation, the sunrise of new hope, the sunrise of relief and release and what Christians call redemption. No press covered the event. No branding consultants shaped the message and ordered t-shirts and hats. No advanced team staged the entrance. There were no choirs to rehearse or bulletins to prepare or schedules to make or chairs to arrange. There were just spices and oils to treat the body and rites of death to observe. The sun was expected to rise that morning like it would on any other morning. The grief that the women felt yesterday wasn't any different today as they prepared those spices and wondered who would roll away the stone so they could get into the tomb. The fear felt by all of his followers of further crackdowns didn't go away. It, in fact, increased now that the Sabbath was over. Judas was still dead, having taken his life in shame for his act of betrayal. Peter was still perplexed, having denied he even knew Jesus just a couple days before. Pilate's tortured combination of lingering guilt and political relief was still swirling. And the rest of Jerusalem just went about its business. Yet, 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 the stone had rolled aside sometime in the night out of the vision of the guards by some power no one knew, and only the linen for the dead remained. It was still dark when Mary from Magdala went and found the stone moved and the body gone, assuming that it had simply been stolen. Peter and John, who came by her word, saw it too, and assumed the same thing. Now, angels did show up, but even the angels, as you saw earlier, even the angels, the stuff of spectacle and attention, if anything is, even the angels seem bashful. They stay inside the tomb 
and they appear only after Mary goes in. And they don't tell the news. They just ask Mary, why are you weeping? And she answers in the most logical of ways, they have taken him. And you heard the next beat. Jesus comes and Mary confuses him for the groundskeeper. Again, why are you weeping? How gentle a response, beginning with her and not with him. Are you the one who's taken him? Mary. Rabunai, which means teacher. There's the resurrection. Right there. A whispered name and a loving recognition. A whispered name and a loving recognition that changed everything everywhere for all eternity. The center of the world moved. The fulcrum of time shifted. The thing promised that no one could really hope for was now. And Mary is our first guide. And then that night, to the men still closed in and locked down for fear of worldly power about to do them in, it happened again to them. Through locked doors and distracted attention, he comes. And this time he whispers, peace. And the word brings the same joy to them that Mary felt when he heard her name spoken. And to them, it also brings courage. And so, with all of the other appearances in the coming days, there's no show of a dead body now walking, resuscitated for all to see. There's no parading before the authorities who tried to silence him to prove them wrong. There was no final sermon that Jesus preached in the temple to thousands as a closing argument or a farewell address. This was something different than that. This was resurrection. He was the same Jesus they walked with. Yet the story tells us that he walked through locked doors and appeared where he chose. He touched the people he knew in very personal ways. Yet to them he offered a word of hope that is universal. As much for us as it was for them. As much for now as it was for then. As much for tomorrow as it was echoing when the very universe was created. So, consider this. Jesus was seen that day, that we know. But he was recognized that day as the risen Christ, not just because he was seen, but because he was known and heard and welcomed. 
and already prepared for in the hearts of those who encountered him. Those, like every one of us, who in their ignorance and in their imperfection and in their many illusions and warlike ways still managed to see a glimpse of reality in his light. The light illuminating the world as the sun appears. More than once over the years I've quoted from this pulpit a phrase from the writer C.S. Lewis that I think makes sense of all this, and I think it's worth repeating. I believe in Christianity, he wrote, as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. Because by it I see everything else. All of these words that get attached to resurrection like peace and power and joy and courage and fearless love, they are all the many waves of light whose full spectrum we see at Easter. We tell the news of Easter because he said, Mary. We tell the news of Easter because he said, peace. We tell the news of Easter because even though death in all its forms might want to be the loudest voice in the room, the whisper of resurrection tells us that it will never be the last voice, nor will it ever be the most powerful voice, however bellicose it might seem. For resurrection whispers through like an uprising of light and wins the dawn. We don't need to see our days as an endless fight between life and death anymore. You can instead stand up, let go, do good, receive mercy yourselves, and live with a little less fear and a little more peace and a lot more joy because life will outlive death. It just will. And the whispered word of resurrection will come. I am here. No force can undo me. I know you. And maybe with Mary, we will tell him, Teacher, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Happy Easter.